Colossians chapter 2, the series title is Jesus is Enough. And he is. Jesus is enough. Today we're going to be in the second chapter of the book of Colossians. And our sermon title today is Complete in Jesus. Complete in Jesus. If you've, uh, this is your first time or your first time in a while, we've been in the book of Colossians. This is our fifth Sunday in the book of Colossians. And uh, we've said from the outset that this letter was written uh, by Paul the Apostle to the Christians at the church in Colossae. Paul uh, had never met them personally, we don't believe. Um, and he was writing because word had gotten back to him that there were uh, false teaching uh, the word is heresy that was being taught to the church that was being uh, that the church was kind of taking in and accepting um, and this is something that um, was not just a one-off thing this was something that had affected the church for a few years now and so uh, that was the the purpose of this letter one of the purposes of this letter was for Paul uh, to make sure they had a theological framework in which to operate a theological uh, baseline to begin, right? A foundation of their theology being right. And may I say this this morning, while we are not a, uh, a seminary and while we are not just a teaching ministry here at Keystone Church, there's a lot more that we want to be and do. We need to always make sure that we are teaching the accurate truths from God's word. Amen. You don't want to be a part of a church that's not accurately teaching and preaching what the Bible intended to say. We mentioned that Paul is going to explain this to them in this way. He's going to take roughly the first two chapters of the book of Colossians, and he is going to talk about the doctrines, the theology that they need to understand. And then he's going to take the last two chapters, chapters 3 and 4 of the book of Colossians, and explain how are we going to practically live this out. So, Let's understand what we believe and the truths that, are, that, are, 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 that should be firm and permanent in our lives. And now because of those truths, here's how we ought to live as a husband, as a wife, as a parent, as a child, as an employer, as an employee. All of these different types of things we will cover and talk about towards the end of the book of Colossians. But if you get all of those things and try to get all those things right without understanding and comprehending the theological truths, uh, you're going to be standing on shifting sand. You're, you're, every time the wind blows, you're going to be blown from one way or the other. And so it's important here that Paul sets this foundation, that he teaches these Christians in Colossae these biblical truths and this doctrine. And so that's where we're at today. Uh, I would present to you this morning that the best way to sniff out bad doctrine is to know good doctrine. Okay, can I say that again? The best way to sniff out bad doctrine is to know good doctrine. I will tell you this. I can't tell you everything that's wrong with fill in the blank. This other belief system over here, this little cult over there, this little cult over there. This, I can't explain to you everything that they believe. I'm just not that smart of a guy. But here's what I can tell you. I believe that I know what this Bible teaches. And when someone tells me something that is not that, I can sniff it out. Something isn't right. And I see it all, all across, to be honest with you, I see it all across. We have, we used to have uh, Facebook theologians. <clears throat> now they've turned to TikTok theologians. All right. Uh, what I, I ain't going to call out all my TikTok people in here. But uh, there's TikTok theologians now. And if we're not careful, someone's going to give us a little 30-second clip. If we're not careful, there's some stuff in there that can lead us in a wrong 
direction. And so it's important that we know as a local church what is true and what is not true. And that's what Paul wanted here. Colossians chapter 2. We're going to begin in verse 6. If you have your Bibles, you can there, uh, phone, app, whatever you need to do. It will also be on the screen here for you as well. Colossians chapter 2, beginning in verse 6. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him, Christ, the, wholeness, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. That verse 10, depending on what translation you have in front of you, uh, is often rendered, and you are complete or completed in him in Jesus complete in Jesus heavenly father speak through your word may we not just get information today but may we get transformation today on your name we pray amen amen I want to make three main statements today that I believe we should take with us as we uh, I believe it's four, actually, um, or close to that, three or four, um, this morning that, I, that we need to take with us as we think about this, this truth of completion in Jesus. Completion in Jesus. This text walks us right through this morning. And so beginning right there in verse 6, I want us to see, first of all, that you should live how you were born. Now, stay with me this morning, okay? You should live how you were born, Verse 6 tells us, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord. That was when you were born again. Now, if you're new to church, that's Christianese. I understand. We try not to speak a ton of Christianese around here. But born again is the time that you had not just a physical birth, but you had a spiritual birth. You were born into the family of God. You believed on the name of Jesus Christ and, 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 and him alone uh, for your eternal salvation. And you were born again. That's what the Bible calls it in John chapter 3. So as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, as you were born into his family, it says, that's the way, so walk in him. Okay, I'm going to stop there before we go to the next verse. So Paul says, the way you received Jesus is the same way I want you to walk in him. Okay, so I want you to pay close attention to that. And he's going to explain it. Okay, but the same way we receive Jesus, we should walk in him. Then verse 7 says, he explains it, rooted, built up in him, established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Now we could take those two verses and I could give you an eloquent outline. I could preach the entire message today on those two verses right there. I'm not going to do that. Okay, um, I learned. We, if you're new to Keystone, we were in the book of Mark for 50-some-odd weeks that actually took a year and a half. And I'm not trying to do that to you again, okay? So I want us to get, get through, not get through, that sounds bad, but I want us to, uh, to, to make sure we are staying on track in the book of Colossians, okay? So as you receive the Lord, that's how you ought to walk in Him. So 
can we all agree today, and maybe you can't agree to this, and that's okay, uh, but, but the, the traditional belief and the biblical belief of salvation is that we received Christ Jesus the Lord by grace through faith. Can we agree to that this morning, that we received Christ Jesus our Lord by grace through faith? Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Okay, you see them on the screen. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. It is not of works, lest anyone should boast. Can we agree this morning that that is the way we came to Christ? We came to Christ with nothing to offer. We came to Christ fully reliant on Him to save our souls, to forgive us of our sin, to give us a home in heaven. That's the way we came to Him. We came to Him empty and let him fill us up. We came to him with nothing to offer. It was all him, and it was none of me. And Paul is explaining that the followers of Jesus need not to attempt to live the Christian life apart from, by grace, and through faith. And may I say this if we're not careful, one of the reasons why I'm, I'm, I'm leery sometimes of, of Facebook theologians and TikTok theologians, if we're not careful, people will subtly change by grace through faith to by law through works. Now they won't come out and say that, but, but they'll subtly change a by grace through faith to a by law and through works. And, and may I say this this morning, if your salvation was up to you, you would never attain it. If it was up to you for your eternal salvation, I know there's kids in here, you would, you would end up in the opposite of heaven. Okay? If it was up to you. But we received Christ by grace and through faith. And so as committed followers of Jesus, we must allow our root system, rooted and built up in Him, to grow deeply into the soil of by grace through faith. We ought to grow deeply into the soil of by grace through faith. We must abide in Christ and in His Spirit in such a way that we live the Christian life and it just exudes grace. And faith, as you received him, so walk in him. Not because of the works that we perform for God, but because of the works that God performs in and through us. Listen, if you think for one second that, that it was all Jesus for your salvation, and now it's all you for the rest of your life, you are sadly mistaken. You're sadly mistaken. Listen, it's not about the works that you perform. It's about the works that God performs in you and through you. That means that there are no good works. uh, uh, Sorry, that does not mean that there are no good works that accompany the life of a believer or a follower of Jesus. In fact, two years ago, when we were meeting outside like a bunch of crazy people um, in the summer in Durham, um, we, we were in the book of James. That entire book of the New Testament is is explaining how if you have a true faith, there will be works that follow. Don't don't claim that your faith is is real and your works don't follow suit. So I'm not saying at all this morning that there are no works or good works that accompany the life um, of a believer. But the key is to understand that we are not working for approval or for acceptance. We are working because we have already been approved 
and accepted by Jesus. See, Paul is trying to explain to the church at Colossae, listen, it is not by grace through faith for your salvation and then on your own, see you later for the rest of your life. No, it's by grace and it's through faith from the very beginning of your walk with Jesus until one day, as we just sang about, when we see him face to face. From justification to glorification, we walk down this path of sanctification and it is all Jesus working in us. For the church at Colossae, there were false teachers that were teaching them that they needed a special knowledge, that they got special information in order to live the Christian life, or that there were certain angels that they had to worship, and there was, a, there was a, an angel worship uh, issue that was going on uh, in, in, in that area, and they had to make sure they were just right on that issue in order to live the Christian life. And may I say this, Paul, as Paul did, the same way you receive Jesus, simply, I bring nothing to the table, Jesus, take care of it. That's the way we live our Christian lives. That's the way we should live. Hey, listen, I bring nothing to the table as a husband except for what Jesus lives and brings and lives through me. I bring nothing to the table this morning as your pastor except what Jesus does and lives and breathes through me. You, you do nothing at your job. You do nothing in your community. You do nothing in your family because of you. It's all because of what God is doing and what he will live through me. And it was important to Paul that these believers at Colossae were living the Christian life with more Jesus, deeper in Jesus, rooted in Jesus, established in Jesus. We should live how we were born. It was all Jesus then, and it should be all Jesus now. But not only that, not only should we live how we were born but secondly, I want us to see in verse 8 in this text, you should live according to Christ. You should live according to Christ. This morning, the, the eighth verse in Colossians chapter 2, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. Paul gives a warning. He gives a warning to the church, and we need to heed this warning today as a local church. Paul again warns of this false teaching of the world. He mentions the word philosophy, deceit, traditions, spiritual elements of this world. Those things that would be contrary to the life that Jesus offers. May I say this? We are a young church. We are less than five years old. And obviously in a church that's less than five years old, we don't have many traditions in this church. But one of our core values is that we value impact over tradition. Now, that does not mean this morning that everything traditional we throw out. We, we're we're going to sing a hymn at the end today. Traditional hymn. We have traditional service, elements of our service. But what he's saying here is if we don't watch it, there will be traditions, right? There will be human traditions that come in and trump the things that should be Christ-like. Well, we always do this certain event every fall, y'all, and... Okay, great. Uh, the, the biggest curse word, it's, it's multiple words, but the biggest curse word in the church is that's the way we've always done it around here. Well, cool. We ain't doing it like that anymore. Listen, 
this summer, you're going to hear about it in the announcements today, we're doing something different yet again this summer with our connect groups. Every year that we've been in existence, we've done something different. Get used to it. You know why? Because that ain't, that's just, we ain't going to be that. Well, this is the way we've done it. This is the way we've always done it. No, that's just, that's just not who we're going to be, right? So I don't want to get off on that tangent. I'm back. All right, we should live according to Christ. Making an impact for Jesus should be important than any human tradition. It should be important than, than the philosophies of this world, the element, the spiritual aspect of this world, which, by the way, is a very real thing. Living according to Christ should reign supreme. In order for the Christ life to be lived in us and be lived through us. By the way, let me explain that. The Christ life, we are to be made more and more like Christ. We are to be conformed to the image of Jesus. We are to be continued to live this life according to Christ. Okay, So that, that's what I mean when I say this Christ life. In order to live the Christ life and for it to be lived through us, we must submit ourselves to what we've often been taught to be the spiritual disciplines. Anybody ever heard that uh, terminology before, spiritual disciplines? None of y'all? Y'all won't really raise it. There you go. I mean, woke y'all up. All right, cool. Cool, cool. Uh, let, me, let me help you. Uh, checklists. Anybody ever like live Christian life by checklists before? Yeah. When I was growing up, I literally checked it. I got points for like being a good boy. It was really weird. All right. Um, checklist Christianity. Spiritual disciplines. But if you're in our connect group, right? Uh, connect groups, one of our connect groups right now, you'll you will. Catch this subtle thing that John Mark Comer says in one of the videos. He, he says spiritual disciplines could also be called the way of Jesus. And I'm like, man, that sounds so much better. It's the same thing, but man, let's call it that. I want that, okay? So for sake, for shout out to the ruthless elimination of hurry. The way of Jesus. Here's what Paul called it in, in Colossians chapter 2 verse 8. Living according to Christ. Okay, so what does this look like? Can I be a little bit practical with you this morning, if that's okay? All right, uh, a chart that I like to call rooted in the way of Jesus. Okay, rooted in the way of Jesus. Is this going to be up there, Justin? Oh, man, look at him, man. He's killing it. All right, the way of Jesus, it looks like this. Read the Bible for yourself. And you can write down that text and you can look it up later. Read the Bible for yourselves. Pray every day. I mean, this sounds like we're in Sunday school, right? In third grade, right? Doesn't it? The way of Jesus looks like reading the Bible for yourself. Not being spoon-fed the Bible, but reading it for yourself. Praying every day. The way of Jesus. Living according to Christ. Meditating on Scripture. And... The way that my pastor in Baltimore, who, by the way, is celebrating 25 years at that church in Baltimore today, and so congratulations to him. Um, but uh, he used to say it like this. He would meditate on Scripture, and he would take a, a, a verse of Scripture like, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And he would say, he would concentrate on each word. The Lord is my shepherd, my shepherd I shall not want. He's not a Lord. He's the Lord. And he would, he would think about that. And then he, would, then he would say, The Lord is my shepherd. And that's a capital L, Lord. That's all caps. What does that mean in Scripture? Man, that means he is, oh, he is, he is the God of the universe. He's Yahweh, the Lord. The Lord is. I mean, he was and he will be, but he is. He is, my shepherd. 
And he would go through, and I'm not going to do the rest, all right? But he would go through that verse, and that's the way he would meditate on Scripture, is that he would highlight each word in a different way, and he would really contemplate that verse, right? So we should meditate on Scripture. We should fellowship with other believers. We should live in community with other believers. We should be a witness. This is what it looks like to submit to the way of Jesus. This is what it tangibly looks like to be a follower of Jesus. And may I say this this morning, maybe a quote that you can uh, take with you. In order to live the life Christ has for us, we must submit ourselves to the way of Jesus. In order to live the life Christ has for us, we must submit ourselves to the way of Jesus. You may see that chart that we put up. And depending on how you were raised, if you were raised in church or not, or the type of church you were raised in, you may have flashbacks. And you may begin saying, like, that looks no different than my legalistic background. What do you mean? There's your checklist right there on the screen. May, may, I, may I encourage you this morning? The what may be similar, but the difference is the why. May I, say, may I share just a, a brief a testimony to me? I was raised in a very strict environment. That's okay. Lord knows if I was not, there ain't no telling where I'd be today. And I had to come to grips with the fact that a lot of the what's, not, not all the what's, but many of the what's I was taught, they were right. They were okay. Oftentimes, it was the why behind the what that was the problem. So if you were raised similar to me, many, not all, many of the what's were right, but the why was wrong. And so we must remember our last point that we are not working for approval and acceptance. We are working because we are already approved and already accepted by Jesus. And so here's what we look at. I'm not reading my Bible today and meditating on God's word today so that God will love me more, so that I'll be further accepted that I'll make that next level of my relationship with God. That's not why I'm doing it. I'm doing it because when I was 19 years old and a punk and an idiot, Jesus saved me. I was a religious, pastor's kid, phony. And Jesus saved me. And you know what? I want to learn more about him. I want to read his word. I want to hear from him. I want my life to mimic his life more and more. I want to pray. You know why? Because if someone would give their life for me and he would say, come to me boldly, I want, I want to. Oh, telling other people about him? Man, if he did that for me, why wouldn't I want him to do that for you? You see, there's a major difference. So like if I, can, if I can just read my Bible for 10 straight days, my life is going to be so much better. No, no, no. It's I don't want to go 10 days without Scripture because I love Jesus so much. And he loves me. There's such a radical difference there. There's a radical difference between I'm trying to do all these things so my church will give me the thumbs up and then ultimately God will give me that wink and that thumbs up. No, it's that God was satisfied in Jesus. And because of that, what can I do? 
What can I do? You died for me. How can I live for you? And may I say this this morning, and this will challenge you a little bit, but if you claim to be a follower of Jesus and you have zero desire or intention to be rooted in the way of Jesus this morning, I would strongly encourage you to revisit your salvation and to ask Jesus to become alive and afresh in your heart this morning. We should live according to Christ. Live according to Christ. There were many things that Paul said could get in the way of that philosophy. By the way, this world's philosophy is eating our culture alive. And it may not be eating you alive, but it's eating your kids. That sounds terrible. It's influencing your kids. Empty deceit, human tradition, elemental spirits of the world. We're in spiritual. I'm not going to get into all this. Once again, each of these points can stand alone. And we can have a sermon on each of them. But I'll move on. So, first of all, we saw this morning that we should live how we were born. Okay. Secondly, we saw that we should live according to Christ. All right. Thirdly, this morning, I want us to see that we should live full of Jesus. Full of Jesus. Look at verse 9. We're staying in our text. We're walking right through it this morning. For in Him. Okay, that's Jesus. For in Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. Okay, not to get off on the... Once again, he was teaching theology here. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit. The Trinity. The Trinitarian God existed in bodily form in Jesus. You say, Josh, how can that be? I can't explain it to you because Jesus also was baptized and God the Father spoke at the same time and the Holy Spirit came down like a dove. I don't know. They exist together. They exist separately. They exist in harmony. They exist... It's really cool. You should look into it and confuse yourself even more. All right? So, but in Jesus, all the the Godhead dwells. Father, Son, and Spirit. Bodily, okay? And if you have been, and you have been filled in him or complete or completed in him who is the head of all rule and authority. As I mentioned, that, that been filled is often rendered complete or completed in him. The problem even with believers this morning that even understand the first two things. They want to live that Christ life. They know it's not about checking off that list. They understand it's about a transformed heart that wants to live and serve the king. Even if they understand the first two parts, oftentimes, I don't know if you've ever been there before, but I have, is that we find ourselves living an empty life sometimes. A word I like to look at maybe is unfulfilled. And I don't know if you've ever been there where you're like, God, I'm serving you with all my heart, I think. I know I'm serving you with all my time and my energy. I know that I'm really trying to read my Bible and fellowship with you and, and, and gather with my church with the, with the right heart and with the right motive. I'm really, that's really what I want to do. But man, I just feel empty right now. I feel like I'm running on empty. And man, the gas prices are really bad. I saw somebody put the other day, they put $20 in their gas tank. And uh, their gas tank went from little E to big E. All right, so, uh, so anyway, man, y'all pray for us, right? You ever been there, though? We search and search for fulfillment. And we, and we really are 
trying to do things the right way theologically. We really are trying to philosophically live our lives, not, not in, in, in the traditions of this world or the tradition of man, but in fellowship with Jesus. And we still feel empty. I know that this morning, if I can say this, because they're all preaching and they won't hear me say this, there are pastors all across this country this morning that are leading on empty. You know how I know it? I'm in a lot of pastors groups. I'm on Zoom calls and local meetups with pastors and there are pastors all across this country that lead on empty. Can I say this? In the four and a half years that we've been, I've led on empty before. Jeff remembers about two and a half years ago I went to Jeff and Steve at the time, and I said, look, man, I don't know what's wrong with me, but something ain't right. And I asked them to be my accountability, and and thankfully they were. I know what it feels like to lead on empty. So I've been there this morning. But I've searched, and we search, and we search for this fulfillment, and for some reason it's just not there. And Paul says it like this, enough. You don't have to chase the, the, the fulfillment that you want to feel this morning. You don't have to have those empty feelings this morning. He says this, that we must rest in this, that Jesus is enough. And not only is he enough, but he is the only one who can be enough. And you may say, Josh, that's a little, simp- that's a little bit too simple. Well, just stay with me. Okay? Think about this this morning. Abundant Christian living was designed with a Jesus-sized hole that only he can fill. Abundant Christian living, okay, it was designed with a Jesus-sized hole that only he can fill. So I can attempt to live the abundant Christian life. I can have my theology right. I can have my practice right. I can have my philosophy right. But if my actual, authentic, real-deal relationship with Jesus is not what it should be, then all of those things are going to feel empty. I mean, I've been challenged. If you're not in a connect group, I've been challenged by the ruthless elimination of hurry. And I've got to do this soon. Silence and solitude? I want to get away from my phone and my iPad and shut my mouth and say, Jesus, Like, speak to me. I'm listening. I'm here. I get very busy. There's a lot of things and people and situations that pull me left and right. And I must submit myself to him. Submitting to the way of Jesus includes his filling our lives with his power And his authority this morning. A living a life. I almost titled the sermon this. Completely Jesus. Completely Jesus. That is my goal. And that's the goal that I have for you this morning. Living a life. Completely Jesus. In a way that, that we can face worry. And we can face fear. And we can face anxiety. And we can face bitterness. And anger. And frustration. And anything else that could be thrown our way this week. We could face it full of Jesus. Completely Jesus. 
But Josh, I know I'm a believer in Jesus. I know I'm a child of God this morning. How am I still living an empty life? Let me say this. It is very possible because I am proof that you can positionally be a child of God, positionally be a follower of Jesus, settled. As as the old preachers would say, heaven bound with the hammer down, all right? I know. I promise you, you can still feel like you're living an unfulfilled life. So, Jessica, what, what is the answer? The answer is the abundant Christian life. The life to the full. The life of Jesus. So if you find yourself today, first of all, if you find yourself theologically off, not comprehending the first two points today properly, maybe you come from a background of checklist Christianity and, and what more can I do, 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 instead of understanding that Jesus did it all and he invites you into a beautiful life with him. Maybe you got those two things, first two points under wraps, but you still feel empty. I want to encourage you today to find some space and find some time in your life this week to get alone with God. To turn off all of your apps and your devices. And to spend time. You say, well, I I won't know what to say. Great. Let me give you some awesome spiritual advice. Then shut up. And listen, how in the world is God supposed to speak to you if you won't shut up? How many times we try to tell, there's a little couple kids in here, I'm I'm a parent. How many times we we try to tell our kids, if you would just be quiet, I have an answer to your question, your problem. But you've got to be quiet and let me say it. I feel like God's like that. Can I encourage you? If you're living this Christian life and you're still feeling unfulfilled, take some time with Jesus this week. And if you don't know what else to say, Jesus, would you fill me up? Would you fill me up? The way I go to work, would you fill me up? The way I come home from work, please fill me up. The way I interact with my children, would you fill me up? The way I interact in my neighborhood with my community, would you fill me up? And may we interact with our spouse and our children and our coworkers and our family members and our friends and our enemies and our acquaintances. May we interact with them and may we live our lives with Jesus flowing. With Jesus flowing. I promise you this, Jesus ain't going to be a jerk to your husband or your wife. And when you're being a jerk to him or her, you're not living full of Jesus. Jesus isn't going to mistreat your children. And if you do, you're not living full of Jesus. Jesus isn't going to cheat his boss at work. And if you do, you're not living full of Jesus. Is that fair? 
So this morning, I invite you to the way of Jesus, but not just reading your Bible, not just praying, not just meditating on Scripture, not just living in a biblical community like a church, uh, not just sharing Jesus, but not just that, but to do all of that full of Jesus. And wherever you find yourself on that road today, would you take that next step? Would you take that next step? Heavenly Father, we love you. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media and outreach ministries at Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and around the world.